and welcome back to a very festive edition of Spine Chillers and Serial Killers. I'm Becky. And I'm Emma. Becky, did you say festive? <laughs> I'm leaving that in. That's me. I'm very festive. Festive. All the time. Yeah. Is that special and festive? Yeah, that's what it is. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Chrysler. Anyway, Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. Well, I hope you're feeling festive. I can't speak anymore. That's it. Well, that's Finished. that's not a good start. Right, should we, bye-bye, should we just start? <laughs> Stay safe. Keep it Don't weird. Don't kill people. Bye. <laughs> bye. Right, Becky. Yes. Marrakesh. How is Marrakesh? Shall we explain that why Tash isn't here? Or did we do that on social media? Well, we kind of said that we weren't going to do anything. Yeah, so this is bonus. So this is a bonus, but yeah, Tash isn't here because Tash is a busy, busy lady. Yeah, and it's like nearly Christmas, so... She's extra busy. Stuff's got to be done. Yeah. Yeah, no, Marrakesh was good. Uh, I think it's part of the reason why I have a cold is because I went from a lovely 27 degrees to minus five when I got back, so... It is rather nippy. Rather, yeah. And then it hasn't stopped raining as well, so there was that. But no, it was really, really good. Really amazing country, full of awesome people. And you rode a camel? Yeah, I rode that camel. <laughs> easy, easy. <laughs> no, it was really good. We had some, uh, what did we do? We like, yeah, we ate lunch in, at the desert, in the desert. I was going to say, just at the desert. Yeah, at at the desert, you know, it's such a well-known place. Well-known place. Uh, restaurant. Yeah, very selective. Uh, no, I enjoyed the desert more than what I thought it was going to be, to be fair. I was just like, yeah, what? Sand? I was going to say, how exciting is sand? Yeah, no, but it's, it's pretty because you have the desert and then in the distance you have these mountains with snow on top and you're like, wow, it's so warm down here and up there must be so cold. What? That's crazy. Yes. What happened in Marrakesh? Well... Stays in Marrakesh. No, I'm joking. No, I'm joking. As, as I said to the people that I was there with, I was like, what happens in Marrakesh? Goes on the podcast. <laughs> must be good. <laughs> That's literally how my husband now lives his life, is as soon as he hears something slightly amusing or, you know, slightly dirty, slightly pervy, he's like, that's definitely going on Emma's podcast. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, I can't just be spontaneously dirty anymore because he knows that it's going to be repeated. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's got to be on his best behaviour because it all t- it goes down on my notebook. Anyway, carry on. Marrakesh, desert, camel, mountains. So that's their winter. So winter is 27 degrees. I got a few n- nicknames from people as you like walking by people, talk to you and stuff. And then I had what a a laugh out loud moment. Not a pickup line, but kind of by a, someone as I was walking around. We stayed near this souk, which is in the like the the Marrakesh Medina, like the the old town of Marrakesh. And then the souk is like a, a marketplace, but all throughout almost like these corridors in, in the city. It's really cool. I was walking through the main square. We were just walking back to our Riyadh and um this rather good-looking, dashing man comes up to me and he's Ooh, like, oh, excuse me, excuse me. A lot of them speak French there. It's like um, their, uh, their first language is, um, is Arabic and then the second one is, um, is French. 
So nearly all of them speak French. And this person comes up to me and he goes, oh, madame, madame, you've dropped something. And he pointed to the floor, like behind me. So I turned around and looked up at him confused. And he was like, it was my heart. (laughs) So super cheese. That is super cheesy. Actually quite fitting because in my story, I have a super cheesy pickup line as well. Do you? <laughs> I do, I do. So yeah, we're in theme, we're in theme. Yeah, so I'm afraid that's uh, about as close as we're going to get to Tinder with Tash. <laughs> there was no Tinder with Beck, not, not even when I'm on holiday, you know. It's not quite the same with two married women, is it? No, no, it's about as much, probably as much as Simon that I got, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it was very funny, though. And then, uh, no, the people were really, really lovely. Awesome food. Oh, I ate so much. I was like, more, 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 give me more. Well, you're a foodie, aren't you? So I do love my food. Loves her food. Yeah. Right. I didn't do anything remotely exciting, so I'm thoroughly jealous. <laughs> I've watched a lot of Christmas movies. Trying to get in the festive spirit with two sick kids at home, which is great fun. It's like, come on, kids, it's almost Christmas. Try not to be sick, please. Yeah. Can we stop the random fevers and sore throats and coughing? That would be grand. I don't, I don't think it's happening this year. Oh, bless you. There's so much going around, isn't there? Oh, it's horrendous. But do you want to hear something funny in one of these films? Go ahead. I was shocked. I was like, I couldn't believe that I'd just heard it. So these are all kiddie films. You know the films The Santa Claus with Tim Allen? Yes. So there's three of them. Yeah, we watched the first one the other day. We've gone through all three. And anyway, we watched the third one today. We finished it today. And the the Easter Bunny's in it. I think the Easter Bunny's in the second one as well. But anyway, the Easter Bunny's in it. And they did a blooper reel at the end where they showed what, like, the actors had, you know, got the giggles or whatever. Bearing in mind, this is a children's film. So children are watching this film. And (laughs) one of the bloopers with the Easter bunny said, I'm designed for pleasure and comfort. Because it goes over the kids' heads. They were yeah. Oh, oh, completely. Yeah. Me and Bone just looked at each other like shook, like that. What? Seriously? And also, when were these made? In the nineties? Like the Santa Claus Three must have been nineties, maybe early two thousands. I think third one might have been early two thousands. Yeah. So you could get away with that kind of shit, but I was like, holy, holy crap! I can't believe that came out of that children's character's mouth. Ah. Underneath that character, there was a, probably an adult. Don't ruin the magic. <laughs> Father Christmas is real. <laughs> well, he is. I've just seen him in three movies. Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah. I know all about it. I'm, I'm very highly educated. I also saw him in the supermarket earlier, so I'm uh, quite acquainted with Father Christmas. Oh, well, that's not actual Father Christmas. That's just helpers that he sends out because otherwise he won't have time to make the toys. Oh, that's what that's what we say as well. Because, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, come on, logic. It can't be everywhere all the time. It can only be everywhere on one night of the year. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Talking about kiddie stuff, do you watch Bluey? Or has Rose ever watched Bluey? Yes. Right, Bluey is a really funny kids cartoon. Um, I think they're Australian, aren't they? And... Um, it is very amusing. It is a very good cartoon, but it's 
it does set unrealistic examples for kids on how people parent because I'm not sure these parents work. Do Bluey's parents work? I think they do, but they also don't. I don't know. <laughs> they set the bar very high for us all. Yeah, they do. Because then the kids are like, oh, can we play the same game they played in Bluey? Because literally Bluey's dad just plays with them all the time. And realistically, no parent can play with their kid 100% of the time. But anyway, so this is what my kids are now thinking that, you know, we can just play whenever. And um, in Bluey, she calls her dad Big Fella. So she's so she's like, come on, Big Fella. Yeah, so but with the kid- accent, it's fine. <laughs> Isn't yeah. It? Well, wait till you see what my kids have ended up saying. <laughs> to begin with, they started saying Big Fella. And Ben's like, can you not call me Big Fella? <laughs> yeah. Can we just not do that? And I can believe it because I don't really watch Bluey. They, uh, they, it's, it's more like a Ben and girls thing. So I was like, did she just call you Big Fella? And he's like, oh yeah, don't worry, Bluey. I was like, oh, okay. And then that moved from Big Fella to Big Daddy. <laughs> so again, Ben's like, can we just not? Can I just be dad or daddy? And the girls are like, come on, Big Daddy. <laughs> and uh they've shortened it again they've changed it but they've shortened big daddy to big d (laughs) (laughs) you just get him a t-shirt with big d Oh my god, I can believe it. Earlier Freya was saying to him, Oh, big D, are we gonna do this this afternoon? And I looked at him. I was like, What did she just call you? And he was like, <laughs> and was like It's Big Daddy. And of course I was hysterically laughing, so they think they've now said something really funny, so they just will keep calling him Big D. Uh, <laughs> God, well, that's not going to address Ben by the next time I see him. I'll be like, hi, hi, Emma, big deep. <laughs> oh, yeah, so yeah, oh, god, kids, oh. eh? Yes, oh, very funny. Becky, you did a TikTok, yes. I'm not a fan of this TikTok, Becky. <laughs> oh, babes. The thing is, with you, is you keep dropping these bombshells that are absolutely fucking terrifying. I'm still traumatised about the sleep demon thing. I couldn't get over that you had this amazing, terrifying story, and you're just like, oh, yeah, woke up, the sleep demon, boyfriend wakes up, he sees the demon, we both saw the demon. I'm like, yeah, that that's not normal. No. But that TikTok, oh, do you want to tell people what it was about? Yeah, so for those who who don't do TikTok, is um I've seen I'd seen quite a few videos on TikTok about I mean I don't know if it's just one of these little TikTok flingy things that they have that people just like jump on it's the bandwagon. It's called a trend. Yeah, that's it. That's the one. <laughs> it's a trend, not a flingy thing. Thanks for helping Grandma with her explanations. <laughs> um, and uh, apparently, if if you lucid dream or visit vivid dream like what I do, and so that means you can control your dreams, you can kind of control what you want to do. I don't have it 100% of the time, and a lot of the times I kind of 
realize within my dream that I'm actually dreaming and that's when I can change things and do what I want. People have been talking on TikTok about what happens if you ask the date and time in your dream. Nothing good. Nothing nothing good happens. They don't like it. Whatever no. happens is they're not liking it. I mean, I, I watched one and this girl said that she was like pushed out of her dream. She asked the, the person that she was with what the date and time was and they were like, <gasps> and they kind of pushed her out of her dream and she woke straight up. Well, what happened to me was, this was quite a few years ago with mine though, is why it wasn't a recent dream. I, I was 11 years old and I'd just broken my foot not long before, about two weeks before. And uh, I was on a lot of painkillers, not sleeping very well because you had my whole leg in plaster. And it was the first day, my first day back at school the next day. In my dream, I was walking around with my grandma. I don't know what the dream was about. And then it skipped to a point where I was just sat in my grandma's living room and we were just drinking a cup of tea. And then that's when I kind of realised that I was dreaming and kind of panicked that I wasn't going to wake up on time for school because I had to get up earlier because getting dressed with your leg in plaster is a little bit, takes you a little bit longer and stuff. And I looked over to my grandma and I said, oh, grandma, what time is it? Because uh, I've got to get up to school tomorrow. And uh, she looked at me and widened her eyes. And I said, grandma, what time is it? I've got school tomorrow. And she said, you can't say that. And then I think I must have asked again. And then she proceeded to scream, like, get louder and louder, saying, you can't say that, you can't say that, you can't say that, and started clawing at her face. And then ripped her entire face off. Oh, for fuck's sake. Uh, and then sort of like went and slapped, went and grabbed me or slapped me in the face with her like bloody hand. <laughs> and then I kind of woke, sat up in bed. And my grandma, because I was still kind of dreaming slightly and she just kind of like disappeared because sometimes when I wake up, the dream isn't quite finished and it just takes a couple of seconds to disappear. Yeah, and that was it. I uh, was awake then. I was not going back to sleep. <laughs> no, that's horrifying. I think, I mean, on the TikTok, the face Becky pulls because she does all the like gestures of what her grandma is horrifying. <laughs> You know, on our general chat, she was just, oh, I just posted a TikTok kind of thing, all casual. And I went to watch it and I was just like, oh my <laughs> fucking God. Right. I'll have fun trying to go to sleep tonight. Yeah. It's Don't scary. ask your gram what time it is. Jesus. And I was, I was 11 though. I know. Yeah. I had started watching horror films, but no rippy face offy horror films. No, no. I don't normally have dreams that bad. Yeah, that's uh, that's one that'll stick with you. Because, you know, this. I think the theory is that when we dream, we're in, like, some kind of different matrix, presuming that we're in a matrix, and there are certain things that we're not allowed to ask and not allowed to say. I think that's the kind of theory around that whole thing, right? I've heard a theory that you're just not allowed to... What are you not, I don't I can't remember... Who's making the rules that you're not allowed? There's got to be a rule maker if you're not allowed. Some people think that you, when you dream, especially when you lucid dream, that you travel out of your body somewhere else and you're not allowed to be aware that it is somewhere else. So you're not allowed to know that and the time helps that. And then I've heard of you're not allowed to know the time because you'll find out how long you have left to live. 
Oh, shit. Oh, I don't like that idea at all. So, that is horrible. Uh, so, I don't really want to ask what the time is again. No. No. But then you can't help what you say in your dreams, can you? That was honestly innocent. I didn't know that you... It's not a thing that you're supposed to not ask. Um, but I think now as well, now it's trending on TikTok. People that uh, do lucid dream will ask it. And then because you kind of thinking that something bad's going to happen. I think we're going to have some even more horrible stories like that. Oh, great, great. Because that's kind of along the lines of weird, we don't know everything, different universes, matrix, out-of-body experiences, whatever. I was going to say I found out a new Mandela effect. Ooh, what? And this one shook me to my core. I'm bracing myself. You know in Jaws? Yeah. They see the shark, right? And the guy, what does the guy say? The line about the boat. What does he say? We're going to need a bigger boat. Yeah, we're going to need a bigger boat. That's the famous line. We're going to need a bigger boat. Apparently, he doesn't say that. What does he say? You're going to need a bigger boat. Oh, maybe. But I kind of think it is weird. We're going to need a bigger boat. Yeah, it's we're going to need a bigger boat. But, but no, it's not. It's, it's your you're going to need a bigger boat. So, oh, yeah. fucking hell. Mandela effects mess with me. Yeah. Anyway, I suppose we better crack on, my darling. Yes, yes, yes. We're going to play you a little trailer. And this trailer is to a super exciting episode. We've done a collaboration with other awesome podcasters that's going to come out January the 13th, which just so happens to be a Friday the 13th. Ooh. Yeah, and it's called Rogue Transmissions. It will be on our feed, as it will be on all the other podcasters' feed. Here is the trailer. Wah, wah, wah. Hey guys, want to smoke some pot? Maybe go skinny dipping in the lake? Bitch, it's January. Who'd want to go skinny dipping on a night like this? I guess you're right. It is a little bit chilly for camping. Why'd you bring us out here, Byron? Because I'm going to give it to you straight about Friday the 13th. You see that cabin over there on the edge of the lake? That's the old Fukata place. Three years ago, on Friday the 13th, a newlywed couple moved into that cabin to get away from the city. They were never seen again. What happened to them? Nobody knows. Story goes that when they moved in, they found an old radio playing some strange, horrifying broadcast. A rogue transmission that drove them to madness. All signs point to them running off into the lake and drowning. Thing is, nobody ever found the bodies. What a load of horseshit. Is that true? Some people say they're still there, haunting that cabin. They say that if you come around the old Fukata place on Friday the 13th, you can hear that old radio playing the same broadcast that drove the newlyweds insane. Come on, Byron, you don't really expect us to believe. <gasps> what are the rogue transmissions? Are they murderous? Are they monstrous? Whatever they are, they're coming to this podcast... Yes, the one you're listening to right now. On Friday, January 13th, 2023. Whatever you do, don't dare listen alone. 
Becky! Yeah? We're doing a little switcheroo again, aren't we? Yeah. This is our second switcheroo. Yeah, I had such a good time the last time. Yeah, I'm excited. No, the last time was awful. It traumatised me. I can still remember that peaking Oh, God, I was just thinking, what was it? (laughs) It was a peaker. Well, this isn't a Reddit story. This is a story that I have actually looked up and researched. Holy moly. But yeah, no, I'm excited. Do you want to start? Yeah. Hit me, hit me, hit me with your spookiness. Yeah. Hit me with your rhythm stick. Hit me with the big D. (laughs) The daddy big D. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm just going to, next time I'm going to see Ben, I'm just going to be like. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) This story, and I'd be interested to know if you've heard of it before. And I really hope that you haven't. I hope I haven't. Yeah, I really hope that you haven't. So it's something that you wouldn't have done in the future that I haven't stolen off you. Here we go. Go on. The story starts in August 1971 in a little village called Belmez de la... Oh, God damn it. I knew it. I was going to do this story next time. Really? No. <laughs> you. You got me. And when you first started saying that, when you, when you finished the sentence, I was like, no, she's having me on. Yeah, having you on. Yeah. Belmez de la Moraleda in Spain. So in Andalusia, Spain. Okay. So it was a normal day, and the Camara family were just mulling around in their little house, doing normal stuff. Yep, as you do, watching yeah. Bluey. Not in the 1970s, I'm sure whatever was was Tom and Jerry out by then. <laughs> oh, 1970s, it'd have been something terrifying, like the magic roundabout or something, wouldn't it? Oh my God. <laughs> Don't get me started on that. What was the buoyancy thing called? Zippy? Zebedee. 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 It's time for bed, Zebedee. Um, boing, boing. Uh, what was that other one? Where were they? The Herb Garden. Did you ever watch that? Are you trying to sell me drugs? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh-huh. We're on a podcast. <laughs> no, it was a bit like the Magic Roundabout, but it was about like weird little creatures made out of herbs. It was Parsley the Lion. Oh, I remember that. I remember Parsley the Lion. Yeah, that was the herb garden. Yeah, terrifying stuff, really. Yeah. Wasn't the Magic Roundabout something to do with drugs? I think the people who made the Magic Roundabout were all on drugs. Were absolute drugs. (laughs) (laughs) I can believe that. Yeah. Anyway, go on. Do you remember the Poddington Peas? Yes! Down at the bottom of the garden. Do-do-do-do. I think that might have been a lot later than 70s, yeah. so that's probably 90s. It just, uh, we were talking about plants and peas are, peas are vegetables. They are. They are indeed a vegetable. Yeah. <laughs> God, we talk some shite. So anyway, the Camaro family were, most of them are out running errands or being at work, but the grandmother and the grandson called Miguel were just sitting in the kitchen inside their home. So grandma was just mulling around the kitchen, getting things tidied up. When all of a sudden, her grandson yelled out in excitement. So he asked his grandma to come and have a look at what he was looking at. So the grandma comes over. And what the, her grandson was showing, it was a big stain on the floor. I mean, this child doesn't get out enough. If six, <laughs> oh my God, it's a stain! Yes! I've been waiting for this all my life! I'm so excited! <laughs> 
Now, the reason why he was excited was because this stain looks like a human face. Oh, oh, I th- oh, Becky, I think I know what this story is. But anyway, I don't know the details. Oh, well, I'm not. I'm not surprised if you don't, because it is quite well known. Yeah, yeah, I don't know all the details, but I think I might have a, a little inkling. But also, yeah. no, to stains that look like faces. Nope. Yeah. No, thank you. No, we we want that. This is what the story is about. Although saying that, every time I podcast, I'm staring at my fireplace that's made out of stone. Yeah. And one particular stone looks like a sheep. And every time I podcast, I stare at the stone sheep. Do you secretly whisper it to it and go, ah? (laughs) Well, no, because, you know, I'm not insane. (laughs) There's a word for that, isn't it? When you see like random things and then your eyes try and make sense of it. There is a fancy word for it. I can't remember. It is a fancy word, but you should take a picture of it and post it on things with faces. Well, I'll post it to you and I'll post it to the page. It's a sheet that looks like it's got like a really cool dude haircut. Oh, like Johnny Bravo. Yeah, Yeah, a bit like that. Like if he was part of a flock of sheep, he'd be like the cool guy. Yeah, yeah, of all the lady sheep, like, flocking around him. Literally flocking. Literally flocking. Yeah. Flocking hell. <laughs> <laughs> what a load of shit. What a load of sheep. <laughs> Baba. Right. <laughs> you just reminded me. Do you remember of that fox puppet? I cut Basil Brush. Do you remember Basil Brush? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he used to go, boom, boom. Didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I like was the... thinking, what did he say? I was thinking, does he say beep, beep? No, he goes, boom, boom. You sounded like the sheep version of Basil Brush. Baba. <laughs> 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 or something or i just i've just got this like overly excited fox in my face in my face in my face in my face in my in my head in my head going boom boom (laughs) (laughs) yeah which is horrible because i hate puppets and now you've put a boom booming puppet back in my head actually basil bush wasn't too bad because his mouth isn't too big it did get big when he said boom boom though yeah so Maybe that was a hidden memory that you've got and dug up. Now I'm going to have a horrible dream. And now I'm going to ask Basil Bush, what time is it? And he's going to eat me. <laughs> he's going to go, boom, boom, bitch. Boom, boom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my days. Uh, Merry Christmas, everyone. Big D. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. This little boy, he's excited about a face stain. Yeah, he showed his grandma. He was like, hey, look, look, that looks like a face. Just at that moment, his mother comes home. So his mother's called Maria. And he was like, hey, mum, come look at the face on the floor. And she came over and was like, oh, that's nice, darling. And then, uh, like, went and got on with her day because she's a mum and she has shit to do. Yeah, so she thought thought it was a bit weird, but, you know, things can happen. People see Jesus in a slice of bread. Yeah. You know, Sylvester Stallone on a potato. Didn't somebody see Jesus in a dog's butthole? Yeah, there was Jesus on a bit of wood as well. I've seen it. No, I mean, they they show up on things. It happens every now and again, doesn't it? Yeah. 
What was weird is um, over the next few days, the stain on the floor began to become clearer and clearer. Even more disturbing is the fact that it slightly changed position. So it didn't stay in the exact same spot on the floor. No, I don't like that. Mm -mm, No. So Maria was like, well, I've had enough of this. I'm going to get this stain out of the floor. So she scrubbed and scrubbed and scrubbed and nothing would remove it. So she got on the floor, scrubbed like with a brush, elbow grease. Nothing was moving this stain off the floor. It was freaking them all out. In the end, Maria's husband and their son destroyed the image with a pickaxe and they concreted oh. the the floor I mean, again. they could have just bought a rug. Painted it. No. Yeah, for a rug. Yeah, <laughs> there, were, there were other options. Oh, rug, but, yeah. rug in the kitchen, though. What do you want? A ghostly moving floor face or a rug? Well, if you put the rug down and then the face moved to the side of the rug and be like, "Hey, oh no, peak, peaking, peaking floor ghost face. floor," that would oh, be horrible. No. And it just go boom, boom. <laughs> <laughs> And then hired again behind the rug. <laughs> um, so anyway, they, they um, went, you know, zero to 100 and was like, right, that's it. We're pickaxing the floor. So I bet the Miriam's husband was about, I've had enough of this fucking face. I'm going to keep pickaxe the floor. So they did that. I think he was a builder. So he uh, just concreted the floor again. Bob's your uncle. Fanny's your aunt. Yeah. New floor, no face. However... A new face would be formed on the floor within days. But this time, the mayor got involved. So the mayor of Belmez was informed and forbade the destruction of this new face. So instead, the floor was cut out and taken for study. Okay. So they reconcreted the square block that they'd taken out. Was it the same face or a different face? It was the same face that came back. Ooh. So they reconcreted it and thought that was the end of it. But it was not. No. Within a week, not only had the face reappeared, but more had also formed. Yeah. What, more faces? More faces were popping up throughout their home. What the fuck's going on? I don't like this. Yeah. Ooh, floor faces. Yeah. Yuck. Naturally, as words spread about the strange stains that look like faces... People started to casually pop round to their house and be like, hey, uh, have you... Can I see your floor face? Yeah, can I see your faces on the floor? Word like this spreads fast and it actually got to the ears of some scientists who offered to have a look into what was causing it. So Mm -hmm. they stepped in to also verify their authenticity as well to test whether they were paintings or some of the other chemical that was orchestrated maybe by the family to maybe earn a bit of the old wonga. Yeah. So science, science, science. So they, they closed the kitchen off. It was off limits to the family, their own kitchen. That's not practical at all. No. So poor family. No food for you. Yeah. I assume that it was all living room food or like maybe, I don't know what they were doing. Did you say? It was. I, I assume it was living room food. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's a step down from kitchen food. Yeah. Living room food is like on your tea, on your lap, 
in front of the yeah, telly. Yeah, you still food. have to get in the kitchen to cook it. You can't like prepare it in the lounge. Living room food, you can um, order it. Order in food is living room food. What, in the 70s? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's just go. Oh, yeah. gonna go. I'm going to go with the fact that she had really cool neighbours that brought a load of casseroles all the time and they could just yeah. warm it up. Well, she couldn't heat it up. They just had cold casseroles. Yeah, just like semi-lukewarm casseroles for three months. Bowls of cereal with warm milk. And yeah. That kind of shite. Yeah. yeah. All right. I don't know what they did for food. I I would normally think of stuff like this, but uh, I didn't think of it this time. Well, it's fine. I'm sure if I'd have Googled what did the <laughs> what did the Kamara family do for food while they weren't allowed in the kitchen. Living room food. Living room food. That's what it says. That's what it would say. Yeah, on yeah, yeah. Look, we weren't there. Yeah, we weren't there. Maybe they didn't eat for three months and they just hibernated. Maybe, actually, the people that were looking after the kitchen had to do the food. So they had scientists and chefs. Oh, see, now, yeah, that's, I've, yeah, I feel like that would be a good compromise. Yeah. Okay, can't access my kitchen? You cook. Yeah. Science bitch. Yeah. Science bitch. Yeah. <laughs> boom boom motherfucker <laughs> so yeah the kitchen was closed off but after three months they were still left with no answers the faces were still there the painting theory was ruled out and no conclusive evidence would pinpoint the cause of how the faces were appearing so in April of the following year Professor de Argumosa travelled from Madrid to Belmez after hearing about this case. He announced that he had found several historic documents reporting that a 17th century governor that was born in Belmez had murdered five members of a local family. The whereabouts of the murder site were vague, but it's believed that it took place in Belmez, in their house. Oh, no. Yeah. Which is weird because... There were how many faces on the floor at this point? Uh, five faces. Oh, no. It's too weird. Yeah. Another theory is what the house was so close to a church that it could actually be built on the site of an old cemetery, which also could, you know. Yeah, I don't like that either. Neither. I don't like either options. No, none. I want another one. Yeah. I just want a new house at this point. I'd move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With no faces. No. So. Yeah. The only logical explanation for them to fully find out where what was underneath the floor was to dig it all up. So they removed the floor. Makes sense. They fully excavated the hole underneath of the house. Yeah. And human remains were found several feet below. Fuck off. Many. Shit. This is for the horrible, horrible, horriblest. This is the worst part. Horriblest. Many of the skeletons had no skulls. It was only their bodies that were there. Oh, no. That's why the faces were appearing. They were like, help us. We've got no heads. We're faceless. Poor faceless people. This is horrendous. So they took the bodies and they were... How many did they find? Five? I think they were all kind of a little bit mixed together. Hold on. Uh, Over five bodies were found under the house. Over five? 
So many of the skeletons had no skulls and the bodies were reinterred to a nearby Catholic cemetery. With no head. Yeah. Can't find the heads. Yeah. Some of the reports right. said that the remains were around 700 years old. Oh, Jesus. So probably not the family that the dude murdered. Mm. But a more recent theory is that the faces could belong to members of Maria Camara's family. Right. As a large part of the family were massacred during Spain's civil war. So after removing the remains, everyone assumed that would be the end of it. So the floor was relayed again. It's not going to be the end of it, is it? And also that floor was a bit like, about the house. If the house could speak, it'd be like, for fuck's sake. (laughs) Stop touching my bits. Stop taking my shoes off. (laughs) Uh, The Professor de Agmosa also made several EVP recordings of sounds from within the house. It sounded like hell's brothel, he said. So I assume that means like a lot of voices were coming from the house. And then also he it included a voice of a child. Oh, God, no. Why is it so much scarier when you tell these stories? I think we should be doing this podcast the other way around. Really? Yeah, I do. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> You, okay, tell, you, tell, you tell them so much scarier. It's only because you're listening to it this time. Okay. I don't think I say, say it as spookier as you. I'm just like bashing through all the information whereas you kind of give it like suspense and stuff. Yeah. 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 Maybe. Anyway, go on. I'm, look, I'm looking at my sheep. I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> so on the 6th of June, 1972, another face appeared on the floor. Fuck off. And gradually seemed to change its expression. Nope, nope, Ah, nope. That was the bit that I didn't like as well. Why? Mm. What expression was it? It was like, like it went from being happy to like not looking as happy and then it'd look happier again. It just, it just kind of depended on the day. Don't like that at all. Yeah. At all. Several more would appear again, prompting further investigation. Several? Yes. Foil was placed over the floor, but again the faces appeared. So I don't know what they, what, why they tinfoiled the floor. Is that a thing? I don't think so. What? So the faces appeared on the foil? No, that... It said foil was placed over the floor, but again the faces appeared. Unless you could kind of see the imprint of the faces through the foil. I think that's what it oh, means. Oh, that's a bit much, isn't Which it? is terrifying. That's awful. Yeah. So if you're thinking of foil in your floor, guys, it's not going to work. And also, they make a really cool noise, though. Like, when you walk over it, it'd be like, crunchy, crunchy, crunchy. Can you imagine a cat? You know how freaked out oh, yeah, cats be like, get when they like, walk on <laughs> foil? <laughs> It'd literally just be like jumping about. Yeah, either that or one of them would go underneath it and just like cause havoc. Havoc, yeah. Yeah. Tickle all the ghost faces with his fluffy little paws. Oh, bat, bat. Um, (laughs) Bat, bat. Yeah, when they pat their little hands, they're like, bat, bat. Yeah, (laughs) bat, bat. Boop. Boom, boom. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but if a cat does it, it's a cute little boom, boom. 
Yeah. So they wanted to start investigating again, but instead of taking over their kitchen again, they decided to have another room in the house converted into a kitchen. Sounds sensible. At least we're not having living room food anymore. Yeah. So, as if like clockwork, faces began to form in the fucking new kitchen. The room, the room was already there, so it's not a brand new extension. Yeah, they don't want the family to eat. I've, I've solved the case. They're just like, no. I think diet. This is a really good way to get me to diet. If I have yeah. demon faces in the floor, I'd be yeah. less likely. I wouldn't say never. <laughs> If you place one in front of the snack drawer, that'd be really helpful for me. (laughs) So, yeah, so these faces have got a thing about the kitchen. Yeah. So, in September 1981, so this is a little while afterwards, Jose Martinez Romero, a paranormal investigator, visited the house and recorded his experiences. And he just basically found the same things as they couldn't figure out where the faces were coming from. He did feel a lot of spiritual energy in the house. Yeah, no shit, Sherlock. He would uh, return to the house again seven years later with a fellow investigator, Andrew McKenzie. And many of the f- many of the faces were still present. So is this family just getting on with life with like these faces? Yeah, just popping up all the time. Yeah, well, yeah. Oh, my just God. getting on with it. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Do they, I wonder if they walk on them. I hope not. I think that's a little bit rude. I won't walk on someone's face. But then again, it depends how many are there because if they keep popping exactly. up all the time, you're like... You're oh, just jumping God's over sake. them. It's like an obstacle course. Yeah. And what if you step on one and it changes expression? Like it scrunches up its yeah, face? Like, like it oh. just looks at you like, how rude. Yeah, very rude. Yeah. I'd be like, can you all move to the side, please? <laughs> Oh, can you imagine that? And they all do. (laughs) That'd be horrible. Carpets, man. Just put a carpet down. Oh, but if they burn into the carpet afterwards. Oh, God, no. Stop it. All right. (laughs) (laughs) I will stop it. Right, so back to the story. So Romero, the paranormal investigator, went back. I'm yawning, hold on. Yeah, Ooh. she's not yawning, she's eating. No, I'm not. No, I've left all the Kit Kats and all the Buenos in the <laughs> snack drawer, just waiting for the demon face to turn up now. Yeah. <laughs> We're very laid back here. Yeah. Sorry about that. It's fine. <laughs> it, was, no, it, was, it was my husband that brought it in. I didn't bring it a snack in to, to do a podcast. You don't have to justify your Kinder Bueno munching whilst we're <laughs> podcasting. It happened. It was a weak moment. Yeah, it's fine. (laughs) So, yeah, so Romero would return to the house in 1988 with fellow investigator Andrew McKenzie. Many of the faces were still present, yet Romero said he was surprised by the manner of which they had changed. They were a lot darker. Oh. Yeah, and less defined than before. Oh, okay. I thought you meant darker, like they they looked cross, you know, they looked like demonic kind of thing. Well, they were a lot darker in colour. Yeah, is what you I've means. got that now. Yeah. yeah. Romero believed that there was a link between the faces and Maria, the, the mother's state of mind. So if Maria was feeling unwell, the images would be faint in colour. And if she was feeling fine, 
they were really, really defined. What, like a mood ring? Except she's got a whole, like, mood floor. Yeah, mood floor. <laughs> Do you remember mood rings? Yes. Oh, they were so cool. Did you ever have yeah. one? Yeah. 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 And mine was always, like, constantly, like, like nothing. You know, like, it was like, oh, it's warm if you're happy and then this and that and, like, this if you're angry. It was always, like, the middle and not doing anything. So I was just permanently average. Oh, you got a shit one. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember what colour mine was, but it do used to work. Yeah. But I'd be dead proud of it. I'd be like, oh, look, see, I'm feeling like this today. So fuck you, yeah. motherfuckers. I'm angry because my... <laughs> Ring says I am. Yeah, it probably was, to be fair. Listening to Nirvana, thinking I was, like, hard done by. Yeah, the same. With my (laughs) yellow-tinged glasses. (laughs) Yeah, moody as fuck. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. But I didn't have a flaw. I didn't have a mood flaw. You didn't have a flaw, baby. You just have dirt. (laughs) Just dirt. Yeah. That's why I was so... (laughs) So miserable. That's why I was so moody. (laughs) Oh, I'm so moody. I wish I had a proper flaw. <laughs> oh, bless. I did, I did have a flaw with a faceless flaw. Well, yeah. Would you rather have a flaw with faces or no flaw? No flaw. No flaw. No. I don't know why I asked that question. <laughs> what would you rather? But I think I'd rather have a face flaw and just be like, hi, faces. What, like playing hopscotch with demon face? No, thanks. It depends. It depends what their intentions were. True. What if it's just a load of pervy old men who's like, I'm going to look up your skirt. Yeah, I can see your knickers. Yeah. I'll be like, I have no knickers on. Free the V, bitch. <laughs> Free the V. Oh, I was going to say, Tasha would be fucked, wouldn't she? <laughs> she wouldn't care. She'd be like, yeah, look if you want. Do you want me to sit on you? <laughs> Hear a face on the floor. Get your kicks wherever you can. You haven't got a lot going for you, mate. Do you want me to sit on you? <laughs> we love you, Tash. And mum will come and check on her and be like, You're right, Tash. I was like, Yeah, I'm just sat here, cross legs, lead, reading my book on the floor all the time. We know Nick is oh, Every day. <laughs> They'll be like, She'll be like, Well, you've been on the same page for six days. <laughs> right (laughs) love you tash so romero seems to think that maria was connected to the faces in some way and a medium came in and mentioned that she thinks that the faces was were um appearing because of something called thoughtography which is the ability to burn images from one's mind onto surfaces by psychic means. Well, I've never heard of that. Which is basically what Samara did in the ring. Yes. Oh, creepy. On, creepy onto the videotape. Creepy little fucker she was. <laughs> yeah, creepy little well-residing bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was thinking about that earlier in the week. Horrible film, but so good. But Good, terrifying. but yeah, awful. I didn't like the fact that it went psh, like that at the end of the film, but for too long. Yeah. It was, it got uncomfortable. Like white noise. Yeah, I don't like it. I didn't like the girl personally climbing out the TV to attack people. That was the part that fucked me up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. The whole thing was uh, rather scary. And the little vid- the video thing that you had Oh, to the video was horrendous. Horrible. Awful. Ugh. The little noise where it's like, wee. Oh, it's horrible. And then, uh, yeah. And then Basil Brush pops out and goes, <laughs> 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 oh, 
I hope he hasn't copyrighted his boom boom because we're going to have a hell of a bill. Because <laughs> you think Basil Brush is going to find our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. He has a hand up his ass. He probably would definitely sit on a face on the floor. Basil Brush? He'd yeah. He'd love it, wouldn't he? <laughs> He'd be like, oh yeah, hand up my ass, <laughs> face on the floor. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> What the fuck are we on about? I don't know. So I'm nearly at the end. So telly, um, so telly photokinesis, photography, photography. There we go. That's the one. I wasn't anywhere close, but I knew what I meant. Yeah. Other people said, "Nah, it's a hoax." And the reason why they say that, I'll say. Oh, I meant to send this to you. Hold on. I had the faces. I saved them. I don't. I don't want to see them. Well, I do, but come on then. God, that you put up a fight, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't want to sit. Ah, oh, show me. Show me now. I'm weak. <laughs> oh, they're a little bit blurry, actually. What I'm going to send you, but you're going to have to. You're going to have to. You're going to have to just take it, okay, Emma? I'll just take <laughs> it. I'll just take it. Oh, yeah. Creepy, aren't they? Those are. They are faces. Yep. You can't mistake that for anything else. Yeah. Don't like that. We'll be posting that to the Facebook page. You can all be creeped out. Yes. So other people said that it was a hoax because though very creepy those faces are. They are. They're not really realistic. So people are saying she could have just drawn that on there. Well, they look realistic to me. Well, I don't know. Well, yeah, well, yeah, same, same to me. I mean, some of them were more realistic than others. What they're saying is like it's something that she could have possibly faked. Okay, how did she fake it though? When she had a kitchen full of scientists watching. Yeah, exactly. And then also, um, how does she make a move? Yeah. Also, that they couldn't find any traces of paint, and then so they thought it was acid. And they couldn't find, nothing's been proven to show if she's faked it, how did she do it then? No, they couldn't pinpoint what she used to create these faces. She's not faking it. They've dug up a floor and found several human corpses without a head. Yeah, exactly. She's not faking it. Yeah. Is she? Is she? I'm going to look like a right twat when you turn around and she goes, (laughs) she was faking it. I know, it was me. Boom, boom. (laughs) (laughs) So um, this led Ramira to deduce that if you go along with the photography theory theory, or the fact that Maria was somehow connected to the faces, Romero said that he thinks that when Maria dies, the images would all disappear permanently. Okay. But he was mistaken. Oh, she did and they didn't. She did and they didn't. Oh, they're still available. You can actually go and see these faces. No thanks. Whether you think it's a hoax or not, fuck no. The faces are very creepy looking and still draw visitors to this day. Why? Why do you want to see that? Go to a theme park. Go on a roller coaster. Go have a good time. Don't go go see the demon faces. Or please say that we have a listener that doesn't live far from Belmez and like wants to give me a three ho- free holiday. And I'll come down and have a look at the faces. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll bring a bottle of wine. It'd be fine. I don't we'll know if we fun. have any listeners in Spain, actually, you know. If we ever do, call me, babes. Yeah. Boom, boom. <laughs> boom, boom. Boom, boom me. 
Well, that sounds yeah, weird. No, don't, don't do that. Do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the story of the faces of Belmares. Well, thanks, Bex. That was creepy as hell. Merry fucking have you Christmas. Heard of it? Yeah, I have heard of it, but not. I didn't know the details of it. So, yeah, I'm glad I do now. Thanks. The only reason why I knew about this was because uh, on English children's telly, it was on something. It wasn't on Blue Peter, but it was on something like that. It was on a program where you had to guess whether the story was true or not. Blue Peter it definitely was not on Blue Peter. It wasn't. It wasn't Blue Peter, but it was that. It was that type of program where it lasted like the whole morning yeah. or the whole afternoon. You had there was a part of it where you had they told you a story and you had to say whether it was true or not. And that one, I was like, that's not true. It can't be true. Was this what, like, a bit like Unsolved Mysteries, except it wasn't. It What was it? Fact or... Oh, I can't remember now. There was like it a... Was, it, it was something like fact or fiction, but it was for kids. This was a... Oh, it was for kids. It was for kids. It was a kids' programme. That scared me shitless. What the fuck? Yeah, but they didn't say that they found dead people in the floor. Okay. They just went to the point where... There was a stain on the floor and it turned into a, a face and we had these awesome acting of someone like mop, really aggressively mopping a floor and the stain not coming off and then a face being like, ah! Oh, jeez. And then it was like, uh, uh, was it true? And were there really people under there at one point? And then it was like, yes, it was true. So I, and I thought, well, I'll keep that in my little mind closet at the back for when i can actually speak to someone about it and the person that i spoke to about it was google because uh i bet your mind closet is a weird place so there we are well thanks for the fear merry christmas thanks for the fear (laughs) thanks for the fear while you were talking and i was looking at my very cool dude sheep i've also noticed that two bricks under there's an alpaca You've got like a little farm on your wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a. Sh- uh, there's a pig to the right. There's a little pig. Not quite as well detailed. The sheep and the alpaca are sheep and an alpaca. There's a little pig next to it, and on the other side, there's an oxen that looks like it's going. Ooh! <laughs> <laughs> you need to take pictures. I will. Please I'll take pictures and show ooh. you. It does. It looks like it's going. Ooh, what's that? <laughs> right. So Emma, before you start your story, oh god, I've dropped a spoon. Well, actually, we've got a trailer before I start my story. So before the trailer, go on. Yeah. So before the trailer. So at the minute, my kiddie widdies are at their grandma's because it's holidays, and I I'm not quite off work yet. And um, so I know all gets up uh, earlier than me and goes to work. So I, I get up about 40 minutes after he leaves for work. And I got up this morning, fine. And I went to go into the kitchen. And as I went into the kitchen, I thought, well, it's fucking cold in here. And the front door was wide open. Oh, <laughs> Becky's husband. A stupid man. So what he'd done is I, I'm usually very blind as well. So when I wake up in the morning, so I was like, what? So I went and sort of like pushed the door shut, went and found my glasses like an old woman. He'd lock, kind of, he mustn't have shut the door properly and locked it. So it was locked open. It wouldn't actually shut. Yeah. No. So it was jammed as well. So I couldn't get it unlocked at first. So I managed to do that, close it. And um, so I took, I took a picture before doing it. And um, I rang him up 
No, no, I didn't. Yeah, I was like, well, super. That's great. Thanks. Um, Thanks for potentially letting murderers in the house while I was asleep. Exactly. So that really freaked me out. So I I went and kind of like... Snooped. Snooped around the house and make sure everything was still there. Yeah. Everything was still there and I couldn't like see any signs of anyone in the house. Basil Brush hadn't snuck in. No, no boom boomers anywhere. Can you imagine and you turn around, he's on your kitchen counter with oh his mouth God. wide open. <laughs> boom, boom. <laughs> oh, God, nightmare. Shit my pants. Yeah, shit in my pants. And um, so that was fine. I ended up go- getting ready, going to work, went outside to the car, looked behind me, and the fucking garage door was slightly open. Noel. What are you doing? I went back in, shut that. And I rang him up and I was really angry with him. And I went, you. I went full on bitch wife. I was like, you left the front door open and the garage door. I was like, you trying to get me murdered? I was like, I foiled your murder attempt. I am still here. And... um, Then I remembered that he just started a new job and didn't want to sound like a complete bitch if he was anyone else was near it. But I was like, that's really... I was like, it's so, so stupid, especially, like, closer to Christmas. We've got, you know, we've got a couple of Christmas presents in the house and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go to the kids. I was like, it's, like, perfect time to go and rob the fucking house. So, yeah, I'm glad that we live in a nothing-ever-happens-at-the-minute-anyway, touchwood, little village. But yeah, I was like, I, you know. What are you playing at? Yeah. I was like, obviously your hitmen are shit because I'm still alive. Um, yeah. And then because I was so annoyed with that, I was, um, I went and got some really dry bread to break up to put in water to get ready for the chickens. And the bread cut my finger. So it was an all around shitty morning, like right in between the index finger and the fuck you finger that's where the it's cut me right in between there so oh no right in the middle yeah like a paper cut a bread cut i hate paper cuts oh just the thought of them makes me want to vomit hate them oh there you go that's one of my icks i don't you know i was thinking about this week and i was like i don't think i've got any icks but yeah paper cuts Uh uh-uh definitely give me the i mean they make me feel physically sick oh bless it's a skin slicing Oh. Yeah. Talking about Hitman, actually, because last week you were talking about Hitman from Hitman Town. Yes. It actually reminded me, I shit you not, one of my punters when I used to own a pub was an actual fucking Hitman. Well, why don't, haven't we heard this before? I don't know. Thing is, over here, right, so there, there's a large expat community and there are people like us that are just here because our parents decided to move here because it's a nice place to grow up and whatnot, and it is, don't get us wrong. But there's also people that are in a different country because they had to leave the country that they were living in before. You get a yeah. lot of strange people over here, right? Yeah, that are running from stuff. You yeah. also get a lot of... I'm going to make up a completely different life yeah. for myself. And you get a lot of liars as well. So it's kind of, you have to fish through and try and work out who's who. Yeah. I mean, me and Becky have known each other since we were really young. And like, we wouldn't have even thought of 
it's a lie. So we we both know we we are who we say we are. But uh, <laughs> I mean, for Vicky, yourself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, this guy was a, a hitman, and the story is, and I actually got on because you know when you work behind a bar, you see all all types of people, and I like people um, to a certain extent. If you're not an arsehole, I'll get you know I'll get on with you don't really care what your background is or anything like that. So, I mean, this guy was rough as shit, don't get me wrong, like covered in tattoos, huge, swore like a sailor. You know, he he did look scary, but actually he was really nice. And he he had a missus and <laughs> the way he met his missus, um somebody hired him to kill her. Well, it kind of it's kind of more romantic than, oh, we met on Tinder, which is basically mine and my husband's story. <laughs> is it? And I never really got into too much detail because, I did, to be fair, I didn't want to know the details. But there was, you know, he was apparently a murderer. So there was that. But he had been to prison and done his time. And I never felt threatened or anything like If nobody paid him, he wasn't going to like just start killing random people. Yeah, But there was a certain type of alcohol, I can't remember what it was, but there was a certain type of alcohol that he drank that made him go loopy. And I've seen him uh, a couple of times go off on one on another one of the customers and it was terrifying. <laughs> I was like, there's going to be a murder. I'm going to see a murder. There's going to be a murder. There's going to be a murder in my pub. And then there was other guys that used to come in the pub that were, they're, you know, geezers. They were, a bit of, they, they were okay. They weren't like unlawful but they were they were proper geezers and they were like emma get under the bar don't come out from the bar and i'm like holy shit this is happening this is happening somebody's gonna die oh tense nobody died though but yeah i can't believe i didn't think about that last week yeah it was i met a hitman i met a hitman that's a name that's a book <laughs> yeah, should write that. I met a hitman and his wife, and I was actually quite good friends with them because you know I, don't, I didn't really want to know about the uh, the history, and I think the history came out little by little, so I'd kind of already made friends with them before yeah. I got all the information. But yeah, yeah. yeah. So oh. that they're there. Yeah. There you go. Right. Right. Should we play this trailer? I'm going to play you the trailer for a podcast called Dos Pequeños. And it's a podcast that we just very recently did a collaboration with. And it's on our feed, A Very Spooky Christmas. It was a lot, load of podcasters doing all spooky, spooky ghost stories. And they are a spooky comedy podcast. So because you're listening to us, I'm assuming you like spooky comedy. So yeah, go and give them a listen. Here's our trailer. Hi, I'm Eric Carter-Landine. And I'm Alex. And we're the co-ghosts of Dos Buqueños. A funnier look at the paranormal from New Mexico, the world, and beyond. We're just two friends who can come and hang out, talk paranormal stuff together. Alex is a little skeptical. I'm very skeptical. I'm, I'm kind of a believer, but you're, you know, becoming more skeptical. <laughs> yeah. But we just hang out, we talk, we make some stupid jokes, and uh, yeah, you should give us a listen. It's the funnier look at it. It is. It is. We are available, Dos Pequeños, wherever you get your favorite podcasts. That's D-O-S-S-P-O-O-K-Q-U-E-N-O-S. Good job. Thank you. Spooky. So yeah, go check them out. They're called Eric and Alex, and they are lovely. Yes. Very, very good. Very good indeed. Right, are you ready for a story? No. Bye-bye. 
Bye. See ya. <laughs> Keep safe and all that. Yeah. Yada yada. Yeah. Don't get murdered. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Don't no, get murdered. I've got a true crime story. <laughs> I have a true crime story. Please tell me now. And I got this from a documentary, actually. There's a documentary about this story, so you might know it, Becky. The main person has a very funny name, so it's, you know, just so you know, it's probably going to take us about five minutes to get over the name. Might not. We might be mature. I don't feel like we're in that kind of frame of mind, though. (laughs) We'll have to see. (laughs) I'll wait for you to, to... To get to it. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. Okay, so as I'm having a turn with true crime for this bonus episode, I'm going to go for for once. I'm going to do a love story. Well, that's not what we want. We want murder. But it's Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas murder. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's no murder. It's a love story. Well, not quite. I can assure you, you are not ready for this insane story. So here goes. In 1959... Bert Pugash. <laughs> okay. okay. Pugash. Yeah. A gash that poos. His name is Pugash. Okay. Pugash. Yes. Yep. I looked up the pronunciation, double checked it. It is pronounced Pugash. I quite like it. Do you? No. <laughs> it's not a good last name. Pugash. What's his first name? Bert. Also. Unfortunate Bert Pugash. (laughs) (laughs) Oh dear. Okay, are we over that now, yeah? Yeah, okay. We're fine. We're fine. So in 1959, Bert Pugash is driving around in his pale blue Cadillac. Bert, you see, was rich. He was a very successful lawyer. Does this mean he was a good lawyer? Well, no, not really. He was an ambulance chaser. He defended Uh. mainly accident victims and he was very good at it because he had certain doctors in his pockets. So they would write up a favourable report for the victim and Pugash would pay them a fee when he won the case. Now, this is called apparently fee splitting and it's highly illegal, just so we're clear. Yeah. However, he said it wasn't anything unlawful. He was just paying for a service. Not like bribing the doctor for a favourable report or anything like that. Absolutely not. But that's what he was doing. Pugash don't do that. (laughs) Pugash don't do that. (laughs) So being so sneakily successful meant he had cash to spare. He owned other businesses and he had his own plane. Like some other weirdo guy we've talked oh about in God. the past. <laughs> right, I instantly am scared. <laughs> <laughs> Pugash has a plane. However. Pugash. Oh, what's the plane called? No, it was an actual plane. It didn't have a name. And it was an actual up and flying plane, not a weird shell to make a corpse bride in. Yeah, but did it have a name though? What's no. What's the Pugash plane called? Flygash. Flygash. <laughs> I don't know. It did. I don't know. So if you haven't listened to our episode about Carl Tanzler, you need to go do that. Oh, yeah. Go do that. Because it's a good one. Pugash. Go Pugash. <laughs> go Pugash. So Bert had just produced a movie in London because, you know, he's a successful rich guy in the 50s. So, you know, why the heck not? Right? Yeah, exactly. Everybody's doing that. 
He also thought himself to be quite the ladies' man, which is surprising considering he wasn't your typical good-looking guy. I'm trying to be nice. He he wasn't a looker, okay? I mean, beauty's in the eye of the beholder, right? Yeah, and you didn't find him beauty. Personally, no, I didn't. But he thought he was God's gift, and he hit on all of his clients that were female. Ugh. And by just the sheer number of people that he was hitting on, he did, in fact, get laid quite a lot. He got refused quite a lot, but he got laid quite a lot. Yeah, well, maybe you think, oh, yeah, take off some of your fees and I'll sleep with you. Poogash is, you know, I wouldn't put it past him. Wouldn't put put anything past Poogash. Yeah. Anyway, on this particular day, he sees a woman just minding her own business on a bench. This woman was Linda Riss, a 21-year-old woman so about 10 years younger than Bert, from the East Bronx. He said to his friend in the car, I have to have her, which... That's rather disgusting. Don't talk about people like that. Yeah, she's a person, not a thing. Yeah. She's not an iPod. No. He pulls the car over, goes up to talk to her, and uses the most cringe line I've ever heard. Cringier than the one you said earlier, I think. Cringing already. What is it? You know, I said he'd made a movie, yeah? Yeah. He said, hey, were you an extra in the movie I just produced in London? Oh, fucking asshole. Yeah. (laughs) So, obviously she wasn't. He just wanted to put it out there that, you know, he was a movie producer. And also complimented her that she's nice enough to go in a movie. But hey, I, I shot the movie. Come over and talk to me, baby. Yeah, yeah, so not discreet. And she, Linda kind of, she knew this instantly and she was like, uh, no, I wasn't. But he kept chatting to her. So I guess she just gave in and gave him her details just to get rid of him. Yeah. Which, people, let's not do that. If weirdos come up and talk to us and we don't want to give them their details, let's just not give them our details. Yeah. Well, sometimes you, in a way, sometimes you have to. And now we have the option of just doing it and then instantly blocking, so it's fine. Yes, but Linda in the 50s obviously didn't have that option. So she arrives back home, and by the time she's back home, she's got a dozen roses from this guy. Uh, Yeah. Why is it that roses would be romantic, whereas this time it's creepy? Because it's, well, it's because it's not wanted, isn't it? Yeah, and he's done it straight away. He's literally spoken to her, gone to a florist, got the, you know, it's like, (sighs) it's too much already. He's he's met her for five minutes. It's already too much. I was like, oh, yeah, you in the movie I just shot. Well, fuck off, Pugash. <laughs> exactly. Fuck off, Pugash. So Linda was an absolute stunner. She was used to getting attention from men. She liked getting attention from men. However, in no way did that make her easy. She was a flirt, absolutely. But that's as far as it ever went. To be fair, I don't mind having a little bit of attention from men. Every now and again. Well, it's nice. Builds up your confidence. It, like, as a little ego boost and then something very harmless. But if it's every day, all the time, it'd get annoying. Mm. And also, I, if everyone just randomly sent me roses, I would cry. It'd just be horrible. I'd hate it so much. <laughs> but, you know, it's just too much, isn't it? It's just, ooh, horrible. Too much too soon. Too much too soon. Too much too soon. However, now he has her address and phone number. So, yeah, he starts waiting outside her house to drive her to work. Oh, fuck off. 
Yeah. Taking her out for dinner, taking her out for lunch, taking her out as soon as she's not at work. He's there just like, hi, should we go out? Ugh. Like whenever she turns around, there's Bert, there's the old Pugash. So if you're thinking this is stalker's behavior, you would be absolutely right. But on this occasion, it actually did pay off because I do think that Linda thought, hey, you know, he's a successful guy. He's got a lot of money. He keeps taking me to these posh places. So, you know, why not? Yeah. And her family were like, wow, this guy is awesome. Go for it. So, you know, eventually they were officially dating. What Linda didn't know, but was to soon find out, was that old Pugash was actually married with a daughter. Oh. Yeah. And the daughter was quite severely handicapped. Okay. So he's just kind of forgetting that he has an entire family and just playing the single man. Right. So I haven't written this part down, but it is in the documentary. So I didn't. I couldn't write everything down because the story would have gone, for, gone on for hours. But basically what happened is he was dating his wife for about three years and they didn't have sex. But his wife said to Pugash, oh, everybody thinks we're having sex because we've been together for three years and everybody's gossiping about us because obviously back in the day that was quite frowned upon to get jiggy without being married. Mm. So she was like, you're going to have to marry me. And Pugash was like, yeah, whatever. Okay. So he married her and then they had this baby girl, but she was like really, really severely handicapped. Like she couldn't sit up and... Poor baby. She couldn't talk and, you know, really, really badly disabled. And there was some other guy on this documentary talking about Bert. So Bert was his friend and he was saying, oh, you know, poor Bert, because he had this frumpy wife that he got stuck with. And then he had this baby girl that he couldn't even show off to people because, you know, she was what she was. It was just really gross. It was just like... Let's not... His friend's exactly like him, then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they even looked alike. It was just like, yeah, I can see why you guys are friends. So, yes. He sounds like a top fella. Pugash is not a top fella at all. He's not a big fella. (laughs) No, he's not. I don't know. (laughs) Big fella. Hey, big fella. Hey, big fella. Hey, big Dean. So Linda obviously says to Bert, you know what, we're over. You're married with a kid. It's a no from me. But Bert promises that he's going to get a divorce to be with her. And she's like, okay, well, come and find me when the divorce goes through. Okay. I mean, that, you know, credit to her. She's like, I am not being your side piece. Yeah. If you're getting divorced, fair enough. But once that's all sorted, come back and we'll have a chat then. Yeah, but if I were, was ever a mistress to someone... I'd really be worried about his wife and child right now. Like the murderino side of me would be like, oh, I hope he doesn't do anything stupid. Oh, I see. I see. I see. To his wife and daughter. Yeah, well, she hasn't had, apart from the fact that he's a massive stalker, she hasn't really had any of those kind of red flags yet. I just have that feeling about anyone. I'm a very suspicious person. Well, it's a good way to be, babes. Good way to be. I thought Noel was trying to have me murdered by accidentally leaving the door open. So. <laughs> but if I end up murdered, please uh, ask the police to look into him. <laughs> yes, yes, we, we've, we've all heard. We've it's all always heard. the husband. <laughs> so bizarrely, mm. or as the French would say, comparazer. 
<laughs> the next day, he calls her and says, do you know what? Amazingly, these divorce papers have arrived and it's all sorted. We can be together now. Oh, you know that thing that normally takes two years? It took a day. Yeah, it happened. It's just, it's just Ooh, happened. Wow. So Linda is super suspicious of this. So she says, mm-hmm. okay, can I see the papers? And she does. And she makes notes of the reference number on the paperwork. After all, he has lied to her before. And the timing seems mm, somewhat convenient. Suspicious. Mm. And he's a lawyer, so if he's going to fake paper, you know, he knows how to fake these kind of papers, right? Yeah. So she sends off the number of the document to a lawyer to find out if it's real or not. But that, of course, will take its time because it's got to be sent off in the mail and then sent back and blah, blah, blah. It's not like she could just shoot him an email back then. Yeah. So while all that's going on, she keeps seeing Bert until she hears back from the lawyer because she wants to give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Relationships are built on trust. Yeah. Linda wanted to get married ASAP, but every time she brought it up, Bert seemed to stall her by taking her shopping. So there's nothing like... <laughs> pla- <laughs> yeah, nothing like flashing the cash to buy you some time, right? Mine would be uh, food. It'd be like, Bert tried... Yeah. Every time Becky remen- mentioned marriage, he took her to McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> no, this was, let's go and look at diamond rings. Let's go and choose a boat. You know... Oh, that's also cool. So she says it herself. She was having a great time doing all this kind of shopping. But Bert in the interview says these were his tricks that he was using to buy himself the time. Bert, on the side, was getting into trouble with the Bar Association because they had cotton on to his fee splitting, the thing that he was doing with the doctors. Oh, dear. Yeah. And he was outraged by this because he stood by the fact that he hadn't done anything wrong or illegal. <sighs> yeah, he had. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's that sort of person that believes his own shite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Poo- well, he's poo-gash. Yeah, he believes his own poo-gash. He does. So they were seriously thinking about removing his license. And he was also getting annoyed by the fact that Linda wasn't putting out because Linda's a classy lady. She wants that ring on her finger before getting jiggy. Yeah. So Bert is really at a low point and he starts drinking quite heavily. Oh, bless him. He's pussy blind. He's having a tantrum. He's having a fucking tantrum. That's what he's doing. Yeah. He's sulking. sulking yeah, he because is. Because he's not getting the punani. Yeah. The punani. Poogash isn't getting the punani. Yeah. So, as if he didn't have enough going for him, he was also insanely jealous and will get into arguments constantly saying that Linda was cheating on him. Ironic, coming from the married guy, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's, um, what is it? Reflecting? Yes. That's yeah. what he's doing. He's worried Reflecting. that she's going to behave the same way he's behaving. Not everyone is a piece of shit, who knew? Poo gash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just you are. <laughs> yep. One day they're out and about and Linda saw an ex and they had a little chat. And by a little chat, I literally mean, hi, how are you type of thing. So it was literally a really innocent conversation. Hi, nice to see you. How are you doing? That kind of thing. It wasn't yeah. anything. But Bert went absolutely fucking nuts at her, accusing her of sleeping around. How did he find out about that? Was he there? He, he was there. Yeah, I bet she had her makeup on. She looked really good. She was like, I'm going to rub this in your face, bitch. <laughs> to, to the ex, you know, like, hey, to, yeah, look yeah. how good I look. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. That never happens. If I see my exes, I always look like absolute shit. Yeah, wearing a literal potato sack. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Haven't brushed my hair for three days. Carrying around a snotty child. Yeah. Hair so greasy it'd stand up by itself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Guaranteed that's when the ex is going to show up in the supermarket. Yeah. And then you aisle dodge, don't you? You like check the aisle before you go down it. Yeah. Is he there? Is he not there? Is he there? Is he? Nah. Anyway. So Bert goes nuts at her, accusing her of sleeping around. So Linda at this point has really had enough and she says, and this is mental. Again, ladies, let's not do things like this. She says, do you know what? Let's go to the doctor's and he can look and tell you that I'm still a virgin. That kind of just blew my mind. Linda, get away from this man. Don't be getting physical examinations to stop his paranoia. Yeah, and also you can break your hymen, like, doing sports. Yeah, horse riding. Yeah, the whole hymen breaking thing for me never happened, so it must have broken way before. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, the the doctor actually confirmed that she was a virgin, and so that shut... But up and oh, imagine that conversation like, hi, can I make an appointment, please? Because my rat bag of a Poonani boyfriend uh, thinks I'm not a virgin when he's actually married and has a child. Yeah. But I have to prove that I am a virgin because that's my only worth to him. Yeah. Can I have an appointment for three (laughs) o'clock? Yeah, exactly. And the doctor's like, yeah, sure, come on down. Yeah, sure, come on down. I've got like three of those lined up. I mean, this is the 50s, so. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Or maybe 60s at this point. Pugash calms down. Now he knows that she's not been sleeping around. Little did he know that he was actually going to lose Linda for good. As guess what? She got with the doctor. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, that would have been good. That would have been good. But the divorce papers were fake. Shocker. I bet she was like, what this shit? And then threw the papers at him really dramatically. Probably. Linda at this point, she's so done. He's got a wife. He's got a handicapped daughter. He's got no intention of divorcing his wife. He's a liar. He's a cheat. And she was just like, see ya. I'm out. Yeah, Yeah, I'm out. Well done. And she went to spend some time in Florida with her friends. And while she was there, she met a guy called Larry Schwartz. Oh, what a cool name. Yeah, Larry Schwartz. Schwartz. Sounds like crystal and cool. Well, it is, isn't it, Schwartz? Yeah, it's a type of Schwartz. Yeah, well, it is. It is a crystal, isn't it? He apparently was absolutely gorgeous. Everybody fancied Larry. And of course, Linda being equally gorgeous, the two got together and had a little holiday romance. Ooh, Linda. I know. But as all holiday romances, it came to an end when Linda returned home and Larry went off to the army. As soon as she got home, Bert started just constantly begging for her to come back to him. Still saying he was getting divorced. He loved her so much. Blah, 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 blah. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, but you're a liar, mate. Liars always be lying. And this really got Linda thinking, you know, maybe Bert is the guy for me. Until she received a call from Francine Pugash. The wife. Yep, Bert's actual wife, who basically said, look, you can date him all you want. But I'm never giving him a divorce. Yeah. I imagine Francine depended on Bert totally financially to look after herself and her daughter that, of course, needed a lot of care. 
So there's no way she was going to divorce him. Well, yeah, well, she was doing the right thing by her daughter, the fact that I'm going to be miserable in this marriage, but my daughter's going to have everything paid for. Exactly. Yeah. And I can just see Poogash being like, well, we're divorcing, you get nothing, and you can both fuck off. Yeah. I can't see him being a top guy saying, don't worry about it, I'll look after you both. No. Yeah, but, well, depending on where they are in America, doesn't doesn't she get half of everything? Don't forget that he's a lawyer. Yeah. So all his little friends are also lawyers. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So basically Francine is saying... You could be with him all you want, but he ain't getting divorced. Linda, at this point, had had enough. She did not want to be a mistress. She wanted to get married. She wanted to do things properly. So once and for all, she ended everything with Bert. He took this very, very badly, according to his secretary at the time. He would shout and cry, and he'd even sing the song Linda to his pet iguana that he had in his office. But what the fuck? He had a little uh, ukulele and he would play the song Linda to his iguana. I mean, I love iguanas, but I bet that little iguana was like, help me. Fuck me. <laughs> yeah, he was like, kill me now. It's just ripping out its ears. <laughs> Somebody please help me. Yeah. <laughs> With its little tongue. Yeah. So he also began talking about suicide. So his friends had him committed. And because he had so many connections with other lawyers, he got himself out very quickly, which in retrospect was a big mistake because he should have stayed and got the help that he needed to not be a stalker psycho. But he didn't. Yeah. So now he's totally unhinged. He starts harassing Linda all the time. He calls her family and tells them how much he loves her and he needs her. He even hires men to throw stones through her windows to frighten her, thinking that if she was afraid, she would want Bert back for sure for protection. Yeah. Because that's how things work. Of course, Linda knew that he was behind this and she reported it to the police. And guess what the police did? Oh, nothing. Nothing. They did nothing. They did nothing. Yeah. They did nothing. That's the thing that they normally do when they should actually do something. Because they were literally like, well, did you see him do it? And she's like, well, no, but I definitely know it's him. And they're like, well, there's nothing we can do. They have to come in and, uh, yeah, they have to, he has to come in and murder you before we can do stuff. And then we'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We never saw it come in. Oh, no. Exactly. But, and she says in the documentary, she was down at that precinct all the time saying, he's harassing me. Yeah. And they were just like, well, there's nothing we can do. Like, you know, he's yeah. a successful guy. Yeah, you you're a pretty to- lady. It's normal. You're obviously asking for it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm. But things are going to turn around for Linda. Larry, remember Larry? Mr. Schwartz. Mr. Schwartz. He arrives in New York after leaving the army and resumes his relationship with Linda. And they get engaged. Yes. But when Bert hears about this, of course, he loses the fucking plot and says, if I can't have her, nobody can. Fuck off. People that think like that, fuck are you yeah annoy me so much you hear it a lot don't you like if no one else oh yeah yeah go fuck yourself Bert hides out in the darkness with a gun ready to shoot larry fuck's sake but he chickened out and he said it's harder to kill somebody than he thought oh so he's gonna pay someone to do it is that what's gonna happen well you're not far from the truth so his next step is to hire some men 
to go and beat Linda up. What? Linda? Linda. I'm yeah. sorry, that was really Linda. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. But why? Because li- for some fucked up reason. Well, it's the same thing as the stones. What, he, so he thinks. So he, he, what is he, what is he planning? That someone goes and beats up Linda and then he like comes in like roadhouse and kicks everyone out the way. I'm like, I'll save you, Linda. <laughs> well, not even that. This is literally to show her that she's not safe with Larry. All oh, right, okay. Because Larry wouldn't be there to protect her kind of thing. Linda was expecting an engagement gift from Larry at this time and she hears a knock at the door and she goes to open it thinking it, you know, it's my gift. Yay! Yay! And she sees these three men stood there and one of them throws something wet in her face that immediately starts to burn. Oh, for fuck's sake. So she runs to the bathroom and she starts rinsing out whatever had been thrown at her. Turns out it was a lie. Oh my god. And she gets taken to the hospital because at the time she was living with her mum and her grandma. So they're all hysterical. And Linda says she kind of blacks out at this point, which I'm sure that's, you know, that's what happens. But she ends up in hospital. So she loses all her sight in one eye and she can barely see out of the other. And she has substantial scarring left from the attack. Fucking hell. This time, finally, somebody does something. And Pugash gets sent to prison for 30 years. He said it was worth it at the trial just so he could see Linda again as a witness. However, Linda openly says she wants him to die. And when he was sentenced, she said that's not long enough. She wants to see him rot in prison forever. So she's pissed, right? Understandably. Yeah. Yeah. Larry, of course. Remember Larry? I remember Larry. He stayed with Linda all the time that she was in hospital. And Linda says, you know, you can leave me. This is not what you signed up for. And it's getting dangerous. And Larry's like, no, I'm staying. And, you know, he was all Prince Charming until the media frenzy calmed down. And he called Linda and called the engagement off. What a twat. So I had high hopes for Larry, but uh, yeah, but no. No. Bert's in prison. He's been disbarred now, of course. I mean, he was already on thin ice, but this was the nail in the coffin. Linda's practically blind and Larry's gone. So it's all a big mess. But Linda, bless her, thinks, you know what? I can do this. So she moves out of her mother's house and she got a job and she even started painting. And actually, she was really good at it. She decided she was going to go and tour around Europe. After everything she'd been through, she needed to get away. So she bought herself some kick-ass sunglasses that covered her eyes and scars and went to go and live her best life in Europe. Go on, Linda. Go on, Linda. Being so gorgeous, she had no trouble dating men. Don't forget, these sunglasses hide all her scarring. So she still looks like an absolute stunner. So she's dating loads of men. She's having a great time. She never takes her sunglasses off, though. And there's this one guy that she gets quite serious with, and he eventually says, you know, shall we get engaged? But she's never taken her sunglasses off. And the minute, you know, she's like, well, I'm going to have to fess up if this guy wants to marry me kind of thing. So she takes the sunglasses off and shows him her eyes. And he's like, nope, not for me, and leaves. Fuck's sake. Yeah. Super great. Clap, clap, men. Well done. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's just finding arsehole after arsehole. Yeah. Or poogash after poogash. Yeah, exactly. 
So safe to say Linda is not having any luck in the men department and all she really wants is someone to love her and marry her and live a happy life. But she keeps meeting these fucking douchebags. Yeah. Well, it's all been made harder by the fact that she's been fucking blinded by fucking Poogash's hitmen. Yeah. Is that what he wanted to happen? He says no. He says he did not want that. He just wanted them to beat her up. Oh, just wanted them to beat... So three men yeah. to beat at one woman. Yeah. Where's that going to go well? That's he never, he never wanted them to throw acid at her. Yeah, well, apparently, he's, he's apparently. He apparently got divorced after a day and he apparently didn't have a family and he apparently this and that so yeah i think yeah. pugash is full of shat shat it's full of what shat, shit shat. yeah shat shat <laughs> full of shit full of shit but i said shat and then couldn't say shit anymore then so i just said shat shat his gash is full of shit <laughs> yes so bert is not forgetting her even though he's all locked up in prison oh for fuck's sake bird fuck off He's doing all right in prison. I bet he is, because he's a liar and manipulates people and... He did say he spent a while in solitary confinement, completely naked, with nothing to do but masturbate. Oh, my God. Which seems like a gross thing to say, but hey, it's Pugash. Yeah. It's not the sort of thing that you just, like, come out with, yeah. Yeah, on a documentary. Yeah. Oh, oh, I, spent, I, I spent uh, some great time naked in a room and masturbating. Oh, just the idea of Poogash knocking one out. Yeah. Oh, gross. Poo, 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 gosh. <laughs> oh. Grossed myself out. You're not allowed to keep that in. <laughs> that was horrible. <laughs> I really feel disgusted now. I feel a bit sick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so what happened next? Okay. But otherwise, apart from the wanking in solitary, he was helping some of the convicts with legal advice. <laughs> I thought you were going to say with their wanking and masturbating and everything as well. Uh, well, I bet it had probably. I mean, but it's maybe. prison. Yeah. Uh, he didn't say that on the documentary. And he actually managed to get three murder charges overturned. Wow, well done. Yeah, bravo. He's working out in prison, getting all buff. And all the while, he's sending letters to Linda and her friends constantly begging for forgiveness, saying he still loves her, he still wants to be with her. And eventually, Linda responds by saying, do you know what? If you love me so much, why don't you send me some money? Because, you know, she's really struggling yeah. in her day-to-day life. She's all alone. She's almost completely blind. And sure enough, Bert sends her $4,000. Now, this bit I really like. Linda takes the money and then she goes straight down to the parole board saying, do not let this man out. He's harassing me. He's sending me $4,000. Yeah. Well done. She got the cash and she got him in trouble. Yes. Or so you would think, because this next part confuses me a little bit. After 14 years in prison and the nonstop harassment of Linda and of her friends, the parole board decides, you know what? He's free to go. Yeah, he's just in love. Yeah, poor, poor guy. He's just a bit lovesick. And, you know, harassing people by sending them $4,000. Yeah, you know, it's, send it's a load right. of guys to blind her, but they're still not leaving her alone. He's obviously just in love. Yeah, exactly. She's a lucky girl, really, to have somebody who loves her that much. So he didn't even serve half his time. 14 years, boom. 
yeah. They did say, though, in their defence, he was not allowed to contact Linda. But he already is. Yeah. So, yeah, like he's going to listen. Linda, she's gone to see a fortune teller uh, who told her that a man had caused all her problems. I mean, obviously, like, it was all over the news, so it was a pretty safe bet, right? Yes. (laughs) But that that man loved her so very much, which sadly got Linda thinking about Bert again. Oh, for fuck's sake. Yes. Oh, my God, if you say that they end up together, I'm going to slap you in the face. Slap me in the face? Yes. Because you're telling me the story. (laughs) So he's free now after serving just half his sentence. Starts getting asked to do interviews. After all, he's the guy that got acid thrown in his girlfriend's face. He was big news. Yeah. Okay. Being the kind of guy that loved all eyes on him, of course, he accepted. And at the end of one of his interviews, he looked straight at the camera and asked Linda to marry him. Oh, for fuck's sake. He should have gone straight back to prison then. Yeah. This, of course, sent the whole country wild. It was insane. Yeah. This guy who had ruined this poor woman's life is now asking her to marry him. Like, what are you thinking? And? Linda's friends all know that she's having a hard time. She's sad. She's alone. And they know that she's thinking about Bert. So they suggest, and again, don't get this, crappy friends, if you ask me, They suggest that she goes and meets him and talks about it all to get a bit of closure, you know? What, to to give the stalker more power over her again? Yeah, okay, fine. Well, you know, yeah, give give her a bit of closure. Linda said that when she saw him, he looked like a different guy. He was all buff and, you know, out of prison. It's only because she can't see very well. I bet he was just like, he might have eaten one burger less a day or something or was he super i've seen photos and (laughs) he wasn't buff yeah nothing to get excited about as soon as he saw her he got down on one knee francine had now granted him a divorce and sadly had had to put their daughter in a home oh bless her but that meant bert was free to marry linda linda told him to just call it and see how things went but after just five months They got married. Oh, my God. That's right. She married the man that blinded her. So it's just abuse. So he abused her into and stalked her into marrying him. He blinded her. If she wasn't blinded by his stupid actions, she never would have gone back to him. Never in a million years. I don't think so either. He just abused his way back to her. Yeah. But, I mean, he's getting everything he ever wanted. You know, he's he's a massive dickhead. I'm not defending him, but he is getting everything he ever wanted. Well, that's all he's ever got. He just had a little pause while he was in prison. Yeah. Okay. But hey, you know what? The blinding and all that's in the past, right? So... Well, not really, because she's still fucking blind. (laughs) (laughs) I'm speechless. I don't even know what to say. So, of course, the two got a huge amount of attention from the media and they got loads of money from the interviews and TV appearances because this is just insane, right? It's just absolutely insane. And by all accounts, they had a really good marriage. They seemed happy. Her friends, of course, didn't like him very much, but they put up with him for the sake of Linda. And there was a kind of feeling that Linda just wanted the financial security and was worried about being alone forever due to her appearance, and so she just kind of settled with Bert. In the early 90s, Bert was back to his old tricks again. 
What do you mean? With a woman called Evangeline. Oh, fuck. Evangeline. He was 27 years younger than him. For fuck's sake, but fucking hell. Sorry, I keep swearing, but for God's <laughs> sake. The affair lasted a year. Bert promised to divorce Linda and marry her. Sound familiar? See, Linda. So one night, Evangeline refused to go to dinner with him. Instead of just skulking off like a normal douchebag, he grabs her, starts groping her and said, I'll do the same thing to you as I did to Linda. If I can't have you, no one can have you. Yes. So Pugash absolutely denies this. He admits to the affair and he admits that he lied about divorcing Linda, but he never said any of those awful things, apparently. Of course he didn't. Yeah, apparently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So off he goes to court again for harassment. And plot twist, his main character witness is who? Linda. It's Linda. And she's like, so what? He had an affair. It happens all the time. He won't do it again because, you know, I'll kick him out. Yeah. Linda. Come on, man. I think he's completely gaslighted her, completely abused his way into her life. And now she's kind of in a way that if if he leaves me, I'm still mostly blind and don't have an income. Yeah, I think that's exactly what's going on. Thing is, though, this, this man should have paid Linda money while he was in prison and should still be paying her money. It should be one of those things where should have won money from him. Yeah, compensation. Yeah. Yeah, there was no no mention of anything like that. Anyway, so he gets acquitted for all but one charge and he had to spend two weeks in jail. Oh, poor baby. And to end this beautiful romantic story, I will leave you with a quote he said as he left jail. As soon as I get my wife home, there might be another sexual assault charge. Oh, what a creep. They stayed together until Linda died in 2013. Bert lived until 2020. How how does he get to live until 2020? And then there's other people that we know that barely didn't even make it past 30. I know. It's not fair. It's not fair. It is not fair. He was an absolute piece of shit. Piece of shit. And I'm sorry, 14 years. Yes, it was 14 years, but he's nothing compared to what, what he's he did. everyone no. else through. No. So there you have oh it. The story of Linda and Bert Pugash. Oh, well, thank you very much. That was very entertaining. Sorry, I kept shouting at everyone. <laughs> well, no, it's so frustrating because the whole time you're like, Linda, Linda, no, Linda. Come on now, Linda, no. Yeah, I really but, think that he completely mind-fucked her into that. Uh, mind, yeah, mind-fucked her into that situation. Yeah. I don't think she loved Bert. Yeah, I don't think she had very good luck in love as well. And was thinking, oh, well, no one's going to love me because um, I've been blinded. And she happened to, you know, get with a few assholes that rejected her because of that. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, just a real, like, series of of unfortunate events afterwards that drove her back to her abuser. Yeah, horrendous. Horrendous. So all that information came from the documentary called Crazy Love from 2007. So if you can find that online, give it a watch because I left loads out. And yeah, it's a crazy story. So yeah. Whirlwind. Whirlwind. And there we go. Fini. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. Clapping. I have 
haven't had anybody, obviously, because people think we're on Christmas holiday and everything, which, you know, technically we are. This is a bonus episode, which also means, by the way, people, that there's no way I'm spending hours editing. So you're going to get what you're going to get, which is a load of us going boom, boom. (laughs) (laughs) Shouting into the headphones. This is this is just who we are. This is just who we are. Actually, one of our listeners said uh, last week, leave the shit in. We love it. That's what we want. Oh, God, there's a lot of shit in this one. <laughs> I'm, I actually feel embarrassed at how much I've sworn throughout this particular episode. I feel like I've sworn a lot, but ah, sometimes there's there's no other reaction that can be said. That... I think if anybody's going to make you swear, it's poo gash. Yeah. It is definitely poo gash. Right, so, because... I haven't had anybody's answers for Tasha's song. I thought I'd use I'd use a little segment and stick her song in again so people can have another listen. Yeah. And oh, then sorry. Yawn. It's all right, yawn, yeah. yawn. No, whatever. I didn't mean to yawn. Uh, yeah. It's coming to yeah, the end good. now. It's coming to the end. <laughs> so yeah, insert Tasha's song here. I was hoping you'd be my last, my forever, my son and earth. I loved you more than you knew. But you didn't love me the same. This wasn't my plan. I didn't want this to happen. You didn't think I'd find out, but he said what you said. Now it's going to come crashing down. You're going to burn. Oh, watch you cry. He's gone now. I ended that for you. He burnt. Now it's your turn to cry. You told me you loved me. You should have left me when you had the chance. Now it's your turn to cry before I end you. The damage is done. Okay, that's going to do it, I think, for our little Christmas bonus episode. Yeah. Did you have fun? Yeah. I did have fun. It was very fun. I had fun Thank too. Thank you very much. You're, you're more than welcome. Thank you for the face floor faces. Yeah. Set everyone up for Christmas. <laughs> if you have any travels to to be had to travel in to see your family and stuff there we are giving you a podcast to listen to yeah indeed in the car indeed with the entire family (laughs) no don't don't listen to this around children probably should put that at the beginning and not the end but hey ho too late now it is sorry kids uh so yeah we should we not do this i'll put the social media in the links of the episode should we do that yeah 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 we can you can find us tiktok uh, Facebook, Instagram, S-C-A-S-K, underscore, podcast, I think. Yeah, that's That's around about everything. Uh, yeah, and then our email address, just very, very quickly, is uh, chillers.killers.pod at gmail.com. So any suggestions, emails, just to reach out or anything like that. Emma is still pining after your bad dates as well. So once I get a couple of those, I'll read those out. I mean, pining. It's a strong word. I mean, I want to hear them, but it doesn't keep me up at night. I mean, fuck pine. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck pine. (laughs) All right. Do you want to do Tasha's bit, sweetie, and see us out? Yeah. Anyway, guys. Oh, that sounded like Australian Tash. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) Stay safe. Don't kill people. And keep it weird. Big D. Bye. (laughs) Boom, boom. (laughs) Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Bye. Bye.